Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, praise the Lord. It's Pastor Chris, and I'm so, so excited that we can be together. Amen. And that even if we're together via the internet, we're still together, amen? You know, one of the things I said Wednesday is we are a family. We go to church together, and guess what? We're still family, and we might be streaming over a device right now, but we're together, amen? That's the most important thing. I want you to know we're praying. We're believing God. We're, we're really watching what's happening in the earth, and we want to make sure that we keep you in our mind first, amen, that we're really not just praying for you, your family, your loved ones, and praying for what's going on in the earth, but we are the hope of the earth, amen? So today we're coming via the internet and every device we possibly can get on, we're on. Please share this with your friends, share this with your loved ones, post it on your page, let's reach people. We've seen so many great response from so many people, amen? Well, praise the Lord, it's relevant as usual, we're gonna have a great day, praise God forevermore. I wanna give you a principle about giving, amen? Hallelujah. You know, one of the things I think is so, so important is I've been believing that this um, season of life we're in might affect the world economy, but it's not going to affect your economy. That's what I want you to know. Right now, we're walking in times and days that we've never seen before, and there's fear, and there's uh, economic apprehension and all this stuff going on. But I got news for you. This is what we've been preaching, amen. Jesus said, seed time and harvest shall forever remain in the earth. How many of you know we still in the earth? Look at your neighbor. <laughs> Come on, guys. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, are we still in the earth? Come on, make sure they're six feet apart. <laughs> Come on. But look at your neighbor. Neighbor, are we still in the earth? then seed time and harvest is still going to remain. Glory to God. So don't, don't think God hasn't already made a plan for this to happen. Amen. I want to give you this scriptural reference here. It's Mark chapter 4, 26 through 29. I want you to know there is always a wait between seed time and harvest. That's what we're talking about. There's a waiting time sometimes between seed time and harvest. Jesus said this, and he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed upon the ground and then continues sleeping and rising night and day. And while the seed sprouts and grows and increases, he knoweth not. How? This is the Amplified. The earth produces acting by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full kernel in the ear. But when the grain is ripe and permits immediately, he sends forth the reapers to put forth the sickle because the harvest, what, is ready. The harvest stands ready for reaping. This is one of the most important things you and I can understand. First the blade, then the ear, then the full kernel in the ear. Seed takes time to grow, but don't worry about it because it has to grow. It says the earth knows what to do with the seed. So your giving today, amen, your giving today is going to give you access to God's increase. It's going to give you access to God's provision. But I want you to remember this, this day and this hour that we're walking in. And don't forget this. This is not going to affect your economy. I want you to hear what I'm declaring today. We do not live. This is all those messages I've preached to you over the years coming together. You're in the kingdom and we serve a king. We're not just in the earth. We're of the earth place, but we're not from here. We're from heaven. We live on a different system. 
It's called seed time and harvest. We don't live on the Dow Jones. We don't live on the earth economy. The earth economy affects the people of the earth. Heaven's economy affects the people of heaven. So I want you to know, don't get worried about what you see and what you hear. Keep yourself in faith in the arena of your finances, and you will prosper in the midst of whatever is going on. Because seed time and harvest shall forever remain in the earth. Now, before I pray, I want to tell you what our team did here. We gave you ways to give. So here's some of the ways to give. Number one, it's going to be up there so you can see it, but I just want to read it to some of you. We gave you a bunch of ways to give, and I want to tell you, number one, you could text to give. Okay, now you guys know how to text, but I'm going to give the information out in case you're listening. Text your dollar amount to 386-968-1103. You text to give that way. You guys know how to do that. It's on the screen. Look at it. Follow through. It's not that hard. Online giving. Where do I do that? Relevantfl.org slash giving. So it's real simple. R-E-L-E-V-A-N-T. FL.org, right, slash giving, right there, and you can give that way. And now they've activated a cash app for you to do. It's, um, it's a dollar sign relevant FL for all the cash app people. It's on there. If you prefer to use cash app, go ahead. Now, here's one of the things I, I asked the team here to really just kind of move forward in. If you feel like, hey, I don't want to get in all this technology stuff, I don't want to I just rather write a check and send it. Just write your check. You know how to do it. Relevant Church. And you can send it to 920 Bevel Road, Daytona Beach, Florida. The team here is going to process everything like normal. It's a little bit different way of doing things. It's all on the screen. And if last comes to least, you're like, I don't know what to do. Call the church, 386-257-4622. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that our seed meets every single need we have in the earth. Father, we thank you that seed time and harvest shall forever remain in the earth. And we know that we are going to prosper no matter what is going on. Because the word of God says, seed time and harvest shall forever remain. And we believe your principles, and we expect them to work. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, and everybody said amen. Well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, guys, we are on our series in righteousness, and it's been life-changing. And this week, I want to share with you some more great principles about righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. Righteousness is your and my position in Christ based upon what Jesus did for me and you. It's not based on anything else but what Jesus did for us. So now here's what's very important. If we look at righteousness through the eyes of man, we're going to have a cloudy, blurry, tainted picture. We don't want to do that. We want to look at righteousness through the eyes of God because religion has muddied this picture, man. It has. It's going to tell you it's your performance, it's your character, it's your this, it's that, behaviors. I don't want to hear none of that because this is not true. Righteousness is based on a position in birth. You were born into this thing when you got born again. See, the only... The real key to this is this, is that if you can get a righteous picture, you're going to get a righteous performance. This is good stuff, man. 
Because here's the thing, we're trying to fix your behavior, you know, don't do this, don't do that. You can't fix that till you know you're righteous, because righteousness gives you a power to change your position. Your position never shows me your righteousness, but your righteousness reveals your position of who you are in Christ. Identity, huge. So the Lord really got me with this one. I want to give you this. I've been saying this, faith activates this thing. Okay, now we can look at this. I want, I want you to turn me. Go to Romans. I'm going to try and change it around a little bit. You know, it's funny. This is so good. You know, guys, as much as we do this, go to Romans 1.16, and I want you to see this in the Amplified. This wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Even though we're via Internet and all this stuff, nothing's going to stop me from pl- flowing in the Holy Spirit. I'm serious. I had this all laid out. They'll tell you, Romans 1.16 in the Amplified Bible and in the notes. They're going to add them in, but it wasn't in here when I started. So you might think God's not ahead of this thing. God's ahead of this thing more than we know. And when I'm done today, I'm going to tell you why these things in the earth can't stay for long. Amen? So look what it says here. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So see, the righteousness is revealed from your level of faith to faith. Man, you got to get that. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Through what? The gospel. That's the word of God. So the more faith you put in the word of God, the greater level of righteousness you achieve. Now let me explain that. Revelation. You got it all in the beginning, but now you got to learn who you are. So look at this. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So you put faith in the message, you get more understanding in the message, and faith explodes in the position of righteousness. Because you got to believe what I'm telling you. It is written, the just shall live by faith. For in the gospel, a right, this is so good. I found this. I want you to look at this. For in, this is Romans, this is Romans 117 amplified. For in the gospel, a righteousness with God ascribes is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith and aroused to more faith. See that? So righteousness just makes you get this faith that you get a revelation of righteousness, put your faith up. Get a revelation of righteousness, you're jacked, man. My faith is so jacked right now, right now. Because my revelation of righteousness is so strong. God left us in this message for he knew what was coming in the earth. I got a scripture for you. I got some stuff for you today. He's gonna, if you just do, don't even do what you want to do. Just do what I tell you to do. And I'm telling you, your faith is going to take you to the victory. All right? So now watch this. So we understand this. So I'm in this thing today. And this morning I was preparing to come see you. And when I was... I started thinking, well, you know, faith is so important, and fear is the opposite of faith. You know, fear is the, the, the reciprocal of, 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 fear, of faith is fear. And I said, faith has an enemy called fear. And the Lord kind of got me in this message and said, no, there's more to it. Fear's there, but faith's greatest enemy. And I want you to write this down. Faith's greatest enemy is sin consciousness, unrighteousness. Man, I'm telling you, listen to me. This is, I never thought of this day in my life. God gave me more. He downloaded stuff because I was trying to get ready for this thing to get it to you. So watch this. 
Faith has an enemy called unrighteousness or sin consciousness. Because they're, they're synonymous. Because once you step out of righteous, unrighteous, once you step in unrighteousness, you step in sin consciousness. And the Lord said, that's what Adam's problem was. And I said, man. So the greatest enemy to faith is sin consciousness, not fear, because fear is a result of sin consciousness. Now get that. So the enemy of my faith is not having an understanding of righteousness or a sin consciousness because it dilutes my position of faith. When my faith is strong, man, there, that, that unrighteous idea goes out the window. How do we know that? Genesis chapter 3. Remember in verse 7? And then in verse 8, he says this, and he heard, Adam, heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees. And the Lord God called unto Adam, verse 9, and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Watch this. Once man left righteousness, sin consciousness was birthed in him, and now fear shows up. Man, you better get that. Remember in verse 11, he even says to him, who told you you were naked? Did you eat at a tree? Once you got the revelation here, so now go slow with this, and I want you to pull this in. So faith, right, belief in Christ, right, when sin consciousness showed up, Adam is a sinner now. He never had a fear of God. He never had to worry about God. He had perfect harmony with God. But now that he lost that thing, he's afraid. He didn't even know what fear was. He didn't know what shame was. He didn't know none of this stuff. Now he's afraid. Why is he afraid? Because he left his righteous position because of his disobedience. And now he's sitting in unrighteousness or sin consciousness that he never had in faith. Because you got faith righteousness, God confidence, faith, righteousness, God confidence, faith, righteousness, God consciousness, or you got unbelief, unrighteousness, sin consciousness, unbelief, unrighteousness, sin consciousness, and then not this, fear is the byproduct of that. That's why faith's number one enemy is what? Unrighteousness, Oh, I'm not right with God, or what? Or a sin consciousness. So this is important. Why? That's why the earth's afraid. That's why the earth's freaking out right now. The earth is freaking out right now, and you would too as a believer if you don't have a righteous position. But once you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you got right standing with God, not based upon performance. What's the first thing the church tries to say when turmoil hits the earth? Our lack of ability to honor God and obey God is the reason why. Baloney. Let me tell you right here and now. Let me tell you right here and now. You're never going to see a great move of God birth out of fear. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. I don't care who you are. The last day revival isn't going to come based out of fear. It'll never happen. It'll come after people seeking after God in faith. So just leave that there. So you understand that? So don't buy the fear. So watch this. Righteousness. These are important. So faith has to become restored. Well, how in the world does he do that? Righteousness restores to man his lost faith. Because that is so good. Because one man's disobedience messed it up. Another man's obedience brought faith back into the world. So here's the thing. He, Jesus, had an understanding in his mission. Okay? Most people will have Thomas-like faith. What does that mean? Well, they'll say this. 
I'll believe it until, I'm not going to believe it until I can put my finger in the print of his hands. I'm not going to believe it unless I see it. That's sense knowledge faith. It's the faith in what we can see and hear and feel. Okay? So if they can't see it, they can't hear it, they can't hear it. Why? You need to put faith in your righteous position based upon what Jesus did. I'm going to explain it, and you're going to look at this, okay? This is so good. Because I want you to kind of like pull this in deep, okay? And then we're going to look at some stuff here. So here, here's the problem. How in the world are we going to restore man's lost righteousness? Very important, okay? And I'm going to explain to you. There's a great problem. How can God legally restore to man his lost righteousness and still be just himself? Very important. Ephesians 2 and 12 says it like this. Having no hope and without God in the world. That's important, man. They're hopeless. People on the earth are hopeless without God. That's why you, you, you and I have to be uh, uh, accessing people into the gospel. Fallen man is without God and without hope. He's spiritually dead. He's a partaker of Satan's nature. He has no standing with God. He has no citizenship with God. He has no legal right of appeal. And he's like a convict in a state penitentiary. He's in trouble. He is in, he is in union spiritually with God's enemy. His nature and his enmity against God, he is not subject to the will of God. That's what Romans 8 and 7 says. That this is because this is the mind of the man of flesh. He's carnal through his thoughts and purposes. He is hostile to God and he cannot submit himself unto God's law because he does not have the power to. That's lost man. That's very important. Why is that important? Because how in the world did God reconcile me and you to stop being that man? Well, that's where the new birth comes in. Okay? Now, this is why I want you to see this because this is where we were. So now you could say to me, why are you saying all that? Because here's the thing. You have to put faith in the message of righteousness. Have to. You have to renew your mind to what you've been made. And I'm going to tell you something here, and this is the truth. The more you hear this stuff, the more clear you're going to be about believing it about you. Very important. If you don't put faith in what I'm telling you, you've been made and created, you're going to believe who you think you are. And you can't do that because the Bible is the only truth about you. This is what you got to see here, man. I could push, push well, why do I act like a ding-dong? You act like a ding-dong over here in performance because we don't understand we're righteous. Once you know you're righteous, you're like, I'm not going to act like that. I don't have to. I'm telling you, listen to me, man. This is the whole key. It's about identity. But if your identity isn't found in righteousness, your identity is going to be found in sin consciousness, and then you're going to struggle in the earth. And I'm going to eradicate all that nonsense. Okay, so how in the world did God reconcile man to himself? How did he make him righteous? How in the world did God restore man to perfect fellowship? Okay, now this was it. It could only be achieved by God's own son taking man's place and meeting every demand of justice and going down to the level of lost man. You find that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. They're going to put it up there. You can read it with me. I'm using all of my scripture unless I otherwise tell you out of the Amplified Bible. It kind of gives a little bit more meaning to what we're saying. Very important. Okay? It could, so how did, God, how did God do this? God by, wrought by God's only son, how did he do it? He took man's place. How did he take man's place? By meeting every demand of justice and going down to the position of lost man. Therefore, look what it says here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Check this out. If any 
person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah. He is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous, moral, and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. Now, you got to get there. Stay right there, okay? Now, we understand this, right? He said, therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creature. One translation says, a new species of being. So when you got born again, okay? Now, you got you to gotta pull this in, man. Really important. Why do I got to get born again? Because you're born in sin, in the natural. You got to be born in the life, in the spirit, okay? This is why we get born again. We don't get born again to be part of some religious organization. You get born again to be born into the body of Christ where there is no sin. Jesus, in his body, took sin on the cross and became sin. He who knew no sin became sin for you and me, the sinner. Why? On his body, he paid the price. So the only way that the church can get free from sin is to get out of our body and get into his body. Know ye not that ye are the temple or the body of Christ. You see it? So I got to get out of humanity and step into his deity to leave the sin that was trapped in humanity. You see that? Now go slow. That's not, that's like, that's like not, not like a mind twister, but that's trying to get you to understand this. So why do we got to get born again? Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again? Is he going to go back in the womb? That's natural. He said, no, I'm talking about spiritual rebirth. That's why when you get born again and you don't just pray a prayer, that's not what I'm saying. You exchange light and darkness, something supernatural happens. You become a new creature. Righteousness is given at the minute of the born-again experience. But most people never understand what they really got. So that's why when we're studying righteousness through the Word of God, we're seeing who we are based on our what? Position through Jesus' substitution. His substitution has given me access to righteousness. That's why you got to have him. I'm going to explain it to you, all right? Therefore, this makes sense if you're, if you're paying attention. Stop watching Wheel of Fortune. And, and, and watching cartoons, because I can't keep an eye on you guys. I, I should go to everybody's house. That's what I should do. I See, that's a good idea, because think it is. No, think it is. You can't have more than 10 people in your house, right? So if I go to everybody's house, like I show up this week at your house, and I sit there, it's like five or six of us. Hey, you know what I mean? And if something gets weird, we stick like Uncle Joe in the closet and go, you got to stay there to one guy. So we could just go like this, and I show up at your house, and then when you start fading out like you do in here, I can check you. You're probably walking around in slippers. Somebody's probably in their underwear right now. You probably are. In your underwear, sitting there with slippers on going, hey, Pastor Chris can't see me whatever. Some of you, God only knows what you're wearing. I don't want to know. And don't, whatever you do, don't send screenshots. All right. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, can you imagine what somebody's wearing, right? Somebody is probably naked right now thinking this is a great idea. Adam and Eve are doing it and I'm doing it too. Wow. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I guess it's your house. Do what you want. My house, this is our house. We're coming to your house. And I guess 
You know, in this house, you got to have clothes on at your house, Adam and Eve, whatever. So praise the Lord. Listen, I don't know. Is that a bunny trail? No, that's kind of funny, though. And I guarantee you, somebody's probably like that. I know my crew. Trust me, some of these relevant people... <laughs> Do not have clothes on right now. It's okay. It's all right. That's why I'm not showing up at anybody's house. God knows what you'll be wearing. Okay, so look at it. The old, previous, moral, spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, there's a fresh and new has come. Very important. But all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. He reconciled. What's that mean? He brought you back. He received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by the word and deed, we might aim to bring others into harmony. So we got the ministry, he reconciled. Through Jesus' substitution, he purchased us back from the life of sin. Very important. It, now this is so good, listen to this. 19, it was God personally present in Christ. Come on, man. On the cross, personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself. He died for the sin of the world. All these people could come back to him. All you got to do is choose them, accept them. Now, here's the thing. Not counting up or holding against them their trespasses, but canceling them. Because he can't, listen, guys, the only, this is so good, man. The only way you could come out of sin and get into his righteousness, he got to get rid of your sin. That's what Jesus took on the cross. You are sinless. I know what you're going to say. Then why do I act like a goober? You act like a goober because you got an unrenewed mind. What happens when I act like a goober? He gave you repentance so you could restore yourself in conscious, which you already got in position. Woo! That'll preach, man. Better get that. Better get that. Better get that. He can restore. If you miss the mark, when you go, I repent, I forgive me, da, 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 wash it in the blood, you just restore in your conscience what he already gave you in your position. Your position don't change. You still the righteous God in Christ Jesus, just that you ain't going to be bold now with that thought. Man, that's what Hebrews 9 and 10 was. That was your homework, remember? When you read Hebrews 9 and 10 in the Amplified Bible, he said, he said, once and for all, the priest would go in with the blood of bulls and goats, and he would remit sins, but never take the conscience of sin out of man. But Jesus, once and for all, manche breke brata lama. What's that mean? He means once and for all, he did what? He prayed for the consciousness of sin. He prayed for the penalty of sin. He paid the debt of sin. He washed in his perfect blood. That blood is perpetually cleansing you for the perfectness from this day until you go to heaven. Don't stop. Doesn't stop. Right? Remember? But canceling them, committing to us the message of reconciliation and what? And restoration of favor. We got restored to favor. My God, favor ain't fair, and I'm taking it, baby. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Remember I told you what an ambassador is? Man, you better get this. I'm immune to corona, virus, whatever this thing is. COVID-19. Can't get none of that. Ain't got it in heaven. Can't get it in the earth. You just got to stay in your immunity. And then can't get it. Can't get it. Which means you can't get it. Can't get it. It don't come from heaven. Stuff come from hell is where it came from. I keep telling you this. You got, this is an attack of the enemy. That's why I got power and authority over the enemy. People go, we see, no, we, no, it's this. No, 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 no. I know where it came from. You know what I'm saying? 
This came from hell. That's where it came from. God making his bill. Is it steal, kill, and destroy? That ain't God. That's what it's doing. And we are Christ's personal representatives. Now watch verse 21. For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin. He made him sin. Who knew no sin. So that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in an example of the righteousness of God. What we ought to be approved, acceptable in his right relationship with him by his goodness. You see that? He made him sin. We were made sin. He took the sin off of us and made us righteous to make him sin. You better get this, man. If he made him sin, he can't make you sin too. He exchanged it. We were sin. He was righteous. He gave us righteous and took the sin. You can't undo it. Okay, let me ask this. Can Jesus, can Jesus, can Jesus, he didn't lie. He didn't sin. Why did he live a perfect life? So the unperfect me and you can take into his perfection. He can't undo it. He can't change it. He took it off you, put it on him, it can't get back on you. And there's nothing you can do in your performance to put it back on you. Now listen, you can live in the place of unrenewed mind and walk around like a goober, not knowing who you are. But I got news for you. You're smart. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the anointed ones. You're relevant church ready. Come on, somebody. You friends and partners watching today. I'm not just preaching this stuff to you out of a, a, a position of mind over mind. This is a position of righteousness that makes your mind matter. Your mind matters because the way you think about you matters. That's what the Bible said. This Jesus did, and after he paid every claim of justice, and it had perfectly met everything that justice asked for and was justified in spirit, not only was he justified in spirit, but he was also made alive in spirit. He he was recreated so that God said to him, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. When Jesus was declared righteous, justified, and made alive, then he was restored to perfect fellowship with the Father. (sighs) Anybody get this? After he was restored to perfect fellowship with the Father and could enter into heaven as though he had never been made sin. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. See that right there? That's where you did. Same thing. Check this out. Jesus was the, you got to understand some of these terminology I'm going to give you, okay? Jesus was the perfect substitution for man and has made you righteous Not on what you've done, but what he's done. He had made a perfect substitution for man. What does that mean? That means this. On the cross, God treated Jesus as if he committed every sin ever committed by every person who would ever believe. You get that? I'm going to say it again. On the cross, God made Jesus, treated Jesus, put on Jesus Every sin ever committed by every person who would ever believe. The whole earth's sin came on him right there. It's true. Watch this. God treated him as if he committed personally every sin ever committed by every person who would believe in him. This fact, he, 
this fact will, is, is just, it's, it's, um, uh, it's mind-boggling. That's the greatest doctrine of substitution there could possibly be, that he became the sin of the world. That's why God turned his back on him. He didn't, when, he say, when he cried out and said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I'll tell you why. Because he had to make him sin and he couldn't help him in that moment. What do you mean he made him sin? He made him sin so he could take sin off of you and put it on him, and he couldn't come and help him when he cried out to him because if he helped him, sin would be put back on you. And Jesus wasn't really crying out in anguish. He was crying out in the silence of no relationship. The silence of no relationship, man, is the scariest thing you'll ever face because pain I can feel, but silence you can't. That's the greatest thing you can get. This thing here, God, the first side, this word is going to blow you out. God imputed. He imputed, he imputed him and produced an imputation of sin into Jesus. So he took it and put it in him. God imputed our sins to him. He was guilty of none of them. But God treated him as he committed all of them. And he just unloaded his fury for all the sin of all the people who would ever believe in Jesus. And history of the world came on him. This is why I, you, you don't pick up this corona thing. Because it came on him. He became it. So you don't have to touch it. It can't touch you. He unloaded his fury for all the sin of all the people who would ever believe in history. He unloaded all his fury against everything on Christ. To borrow the language of Leviticus 16, I want to read something. He became the scapegoat. In Leviticus 16, what this means is that the high priest would take a scapegoat was guilty of nothing, but the high priest, as it were, would lay his hands, basically laid all the sin of the people on the scapegoat and sent him away. He was without sin, but sin was credited to his account after he had personally committed it, and then God punished him through the fact this he never committed any of it. It was imputed into him. It wasn't his sin. So he lived, so this is what I'm saying. Jesus lived a spotless, sinless perfect life, and God said, hey, by the way, you got to be imputed sin. I'm going to put it in you so you can take it for them. He made it possible not only for God to justify man in that action, but he also perfectly recreated man. Man, you better get that. On the grounds that man was reconciled through God through justification, not works. And you find that in Romans chapter 5. Amen? Let's look at Romans chapter 5. You okay with this? This will, this will help you. We're going to read Romans chapter 5, and we'll read in verse 1, 2, and 3 in the Amplified. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, this up there, Romans 5 and 1 in the Amplified. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through him also we have our access, entrance 
introduction by faith into this grace, the state of God's favor in which we firmly or safely stand. Let us rejoice and exult in the hope and the experience of joy. Moreover, let us be full of joy now. Why is that? Because we have triumph in our troubles. Woo, come on, somebody. That'll preach right there. Moreover, let us be joyful now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. Amen. You're going to triumph in your troubles. Amen. Because we've been recreated. I want to read something to you, man. This is going to, this is going to help you. Okay. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to skip here just a little bit. I want you to see this. Okay. This is key. The believer has a right of fellowship. And the believer has a right of communion with the Father to stand in his presence as though he's never sinned. That's the key of justification. Okay? That's one of the things right there. The believer, the new man, which after God is created in righteous and true holiness, it means this. You were changed, renewed, heart. Basically, it's a new act of creation, the brand new you. Okay? Now you got to get that. Now the believer, okay, this is a powerful force, the new life in Christ. The believer has a right to fellowship, commune. Now, I'll explain something to you. The man, this is, this, this next half, I'm going to try to wrap this thing up. This is very, this is the most important thing I'm going to tell you today, okay? So I want you to stay with me, okay? The man that becomes the righteousness of God in Christ, righteousness becomes a living reality in him, Okay? Now, I'm going to read some stuff to you. You're going to have to write this down. Really pay attention. Okay? Now, pull this in. This is big. I got big, big things to tell you right now. Okay? So, this in the garden, Adam had perfect fellowship with God. Okay? Adam had perfect fellowship. No work that God could do for man would be perfect unless it gave back man his lost righteousness. So Adam had perfect fellowship with God through righteousness. Adam's sin got him in an unrighteous position and messed up the fellowship for good. God knowing I got to get him back in right standing, I got to get a great plan, does this. No work of God could do for man would be perfect unless it gave back to man his lost righteousness, his lost privilege, fellowship in his dominion. Now listen to this. You can about ready to shout. Tell your neighbor, get ready. Say, neighbor, get ready. Yell across the street at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, get ready. Watch this. Man's lost dominion is restored in righteousness. Write that down. And I'm going to give you these two things, and I'm going to read the scripture to you. Go and change your life. Okay? Now I'm going to read this real slow. I want you to get this. Man's lost dominion is restored in righteousness. Okay? Now, a man lost his righteousness, okay, when we fell. God brought it back. His lost righteousness restored in his substitution on the cross. When Jesus was man's substitution, man became righteous in Christ Jesus. Now, you have to accept that through the new birth to experience it. Got that. Okay? His lost Fellowship restored him to a new creation, okay? So man lost righteousness. We understood that. Through the new birth, we got righteousness back. Got it. Man also lost his fellowship. Man, this is so good. Look at your neighbor and say, this is good. 
I'm going to go slow. I feel the anointing. It's here. It's showing up at your house. Somebody saying, praise God. You lost your righteousness when Adam sinned. Okay, so God's got a problem. Lost righteousness, what do I do? Send Jesus, restore righteousness. But he also lost something else in that garden. He lost fellowship. And you cannot have fellowship with God with sin. So he brings what? This is good, ain't it? Watch this. Lost fellowship got restored through the new creation. Not only am I going to save you, I'm going to make you brand new so I can fellowship with you. Come on, man. You ain't never heard that. That's why you go to Relevant. Look at your neighbor say, go to Relevant. Tell your neighbor, did you get that? You ain't never heard that. Look, I'm not being a bus. When I say that, that's, that's that apostolic thing comes on me. I get a little, COVID. just stay with me. He, we don't understand this stuff. We got to understand it. I, I don't know who I am. You lost righteousness because Adam sinned. Jesus sent his only begotten son to make you righteous. I got that. You jacked up the fellowship because you got sin on you. So he said what? I'm going to restore this by making you a new creature. I'll make you a brand new creature. Never been one like you before. You're a new species of being. So you could fellowship with me sinless. But here's the best one. When did you get back dominion? Ooh! You don't know. If I gave a test, you all fail. I love you. Come on. You ever think of this stuff? Man, God gives me this stuff. I get my head goes, whoop. God's so good. I love Jesus. And let me explain something to you. Church, stop freaking out. Stop freaking out about all the stuff going on here. What's, what's, what's the, heaven? Be quiet. We ain't going there yet. And when we get ready to go, it's going to be rejoicing. You ain't going to know what's going on. So lost righteousness got restored through his substitution on the cross in the new birth. Lost fellowship got restored with him making you a brand new creature in Christ. You understand that? You got it? You guys got it? Okay. The moment his righteousness is restored, his lost dominion got restored. Oh, you bet, I feel, I'm jacked. I'm going to throw the pulpit. <laughs> like, watch, I'm serious. When did I get dominion back? When he gave you his name. Oh, oh. he said, look, the moment his righteousness is restored, his lost dominion is also restored in the use of his name. So for righteousness, he gave me what he did on the cross to put me back into righteousness through the new birth. Lost fellowship, he gave me a new, brand new me. There ain't never been one like me before. I'm a new creature in Christ. I got no sin. I ain't no sinner saved by grace. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. And then he ain't got no dominion. Now this guy's, man, Adam's like a punk walking in the earth. He's got no power, no position. He said, I give you my name. Why is that name so important? Because I took that name under hell, and I defeated all death, hell, and the grave. And now I'm giving you my name. So when the devil tries to push you, say, in the name of Jesus, that's when dominion came back to man. You got your dominion back when you got his name. Jesus, your dominion. That's why he says in John 16, 23, he said, if you ask anything of the Father in my name, he gives it to you. What do you mean, whatsoever you ask? Your dominion is found in the name of Jesus, and you got to use it, amen? Lost dominion is restored in the use of Jesus' name. Jesus gave you the power of attorney to use his name. He said, here is the greatest revelation the church could ever get about dominion. You want to know what it is? The name of Jesus makes us dependent on on his ability 
not my ability. It's in his name. The name's like a key. I don't go in there and say, oh, God, please, oh, God, the car, please make the car start. No, I take the key and turn it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name Come on, go unlock some stuff in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, turn it around. Look, man. Dominion was given. I'm going to talk more about that dominion was given. Look at this scripture. This scripture is going to mess you up. If this don't mess you up, you, 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 you go run around the house. I don't know. Some of you need to get out a little bit. Walk around the park or something like that. Look, get this in you and put this in, this, put this in you. Oh, Jesus, put this in you. We got dominion back when we got that name. That's what righteousness is all about. That's when he did it. Look at this scripture right here. My God in heaven. I don't know. I got 10,000 more notes, but then we, we get, give you too much to be overload. Woo, man, did you, did you feel that? We got fellowship back. I'll talk about that this week. You got fellowship back. You got fellowship back. He got dominion, amen? When he gave us that name, he gave us dominion. Look at this First John. I'm gonna leave you with this. Man, we're gonna read this slow. This one got me going. Message Bible, First John 5, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And then I'm gonna let you go, all right? Pull this in. Everybody say, First John, praise be to God, 5, 2. Now, you better pull this in. We got, so remember this, righteousness, restored through the new birth. Fellowship, restored through the new creation. Dominion, restored through that name. Woo! Know ye not. Come on, somebody. You're in the name. You're the body of Christ. You got the name. Start using the name against this stuff. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Man, dominion, power. Look at this. 1 John 5, 2. The reality test on whether or not we love God's children. This is Message Bible. The reality test on whether or not we love God's children is this. Do we love God? Do we keep his commands? Question mark. The proof that we love God comes when he keeps his commandments. And they are not at all troublesome to us. Now watch this. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's way. So you a believer, then you conquer the world. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. My God in heaven, did you just hear what I said? Your faith brings the world to its knees. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. <laughs> Wait a minute. It said your faith brings the world to its knees. God don't need nine million people to believe in something. He needs a person of faith. I got news for you. I got, I, I got faith. My faith is so jacked right now because my faith isn't in my... You know, I said something Wednesday. I said, my faith is not, in, is not in my credibility. Even though I'm, I'm pretty credible, I'm, I think I'm credible, but you know what I'm saying? It's not found in my credibility. It's not found in my personality. It's not found in my ability. It's not found in anything in me. My faith is in God. Help me, Jesus, let me show you this thing. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. And what's the conquering power that brings the world to its knees, our faith. Guys, I want you to know our faith is getting ready to bring the world to its knees. It's bringing sickness to its knees because my faith is in the name of Jesus. I promise you this. Things have to turn around. I don't want to hear the doom, the gloom, the report. I believe in the report of the Lord. 
My faith is with your faith that we are going to change the world and we are going to bring the world to its knees. We, you know, I'm crazy enough to believe this. We are in the earth for this very given moment. And I'm going to say something to you, and you might think this is nuts. We're the hope of the earth because without us here, it'd be hopeless. We are here to bring hope to a, to a place right now that is in pain, panic, and unrest. But I got news for you. Our faith's going to bring this world to its knees. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for each and every person watching right now. I thank you, Father, that their faith's going to a whole new level. Their ability is going to a whole new level. And if you're out there right now and you don't know Jesus, all you got to do is say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I want to be what this preacher was talking about. Jesus, I accept you as Lord. Jesus, I believe in my heart and I profess with my mouth. Jesus, save me, help me, lead me, guide me. Let me have hope because I feel hopeless. And if you say that prayer right now, you could call the church, send an email, but I'm still praying. I want you to know this, that everybody out there at the sound of my voice, the power of God of faith is coming. The name of Jesus is moving supernaturally. The price tag has been paid, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let us stand, let us stay, let us pray, let us prophesy, and I'll tell every sickness, every disease, every virus to go back to hell where it came from in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I thank you that as we step in this revelation of righteousness, we're going to walk in a greater revelation of who you are in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, and everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Guys, stay updated on what's going on. We're going to be walking it out as you're walking it out. We know God's got this. I said this the other day. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I sure know who's holding tomorrow. Listen to me. Stay updated with everything going on here at Relevant. We love you, and we'll see you soon. God bless you. I'm praying for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.